Yeah. What's going on, everybody? You are now tuned in to Views from the Two with your boy, Sean Pesos. And I got two guests in the building with me. This is a special one. Introduce yourselves, fellas. All right, this your boy, Young, young Sidey Stacks, back at it again. And your boy, Russ Digi. Yeah, we got, we got a great, it's, it's gridiron and views mixed. <laughs> it's, it's a smorgasbord pause. <laughs> but, you know, with the events of last night, the LA Lakers have won their 17th championship. So my brother to the left of me decided we should do an NBA recap if the Lakers win. And we playing this Thursday. Unfortunately, they lost Friday. So it was looking a little shaky. Didn't know things were going to get done. But I was like, you know what? They probably going to get it done Sunday. So, all right, let's go. Right. Let's do it. And it, and it fell right on time. Like, that. That it, it was perfect. Right. So, all right, let's, let's get into the shits. Where y'all want to start at? All right, man. So, I just want to talk about, man, what do you guys think about the success of the NBA bubble? You know, like, how, how do y'all set that up and how there was no – positive COVID test, unlike the MLB, unlike the NFL right now. Well, the MLB is almost over, right? Yeah, they're, they're in the postseason now. Yeah, They'll and be and done in a few weeks. Yeah, the NFL is kind of still, you know, going through the motions right now. But what do you guys think of the NBA, how the NBA handled this whole situation? Honestly, to me, they probably handled it the best out of all the major sports organizations. They had a centralized place where everybody could be. They had guidelines to follow. So I was like, all right, you don't follow these guidelines, you're going to get punished for it. Yeah, I agree. I think uh, in addition to that, I just want to say I think the NBA has probably got the most like-minded individuals in the room when it comes to making decisions about across, about the league, like, wide. Like, whether it's the play, the competition committee, whether it's social justice, whether whatever they're doing business-wise, it's a bunch of people that can get in the room and actually come to an agreement. And so I think that was the biggest benefit. Them partnering up with Walt Disney, which of course we all know owns ABC and also owns ESPN. It was just a brilliant move. It worked out perfectly. It seems like they did everything they needed to do with their business partners to make it work. And basketball really seems like the best sport that's conducive for a bubble. You know, it's pretty right, much right. tournament style basketball. You know what I mean? Like a big AAU right. Right. type of thing. Or like a March Madness. Exactly. So um, I got a question for you guys. With the success of the bubble right now, do you Mm -hmm. think, you know, going into the future 2021 season coming up and everything like that, uh, do you think that the NBA is going to have another bubble? They're going to look into having another bubble because I feel like COVID is not going anywhere anytime soon. So do you think that the NBA is going to look into having another bubble or they're going to just open up travel a little bit and let guys play a different, you know, play in their (coughs) respective cities? I think the smart thing to do is replicate the bubble. Maybe like a regional bubble. Like all the West teams go to this city. All the East teams go to this city. All the teams in the South, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Because opening up travel, you're just opening up more possibility to spread the virus in the league. Exactly, right. But then I was like, I was wondering, I was curious because of, um, it's how many teams in the NBA? 30? 30. 30. So like, how would you, because how many teams was in this one? This one, it was like. It was 22. 22. 22, so you'll just add, like, a few more teams yeah, added to the thing. Teams. Yeah, like, eight more teams. So that was one of my biggest concerns, because like, you'll have to add more teams. It is more personnel in this end and the third. Like, how would the NBA be able to manage all that? But like you said, what we've seen, what they've done already in a sample size, mm-hmm. we'll be able to re- replicate that in right. a bigger scale, because it's going to be more teams and it's more games and things of that nature. Right. Even I with think, that, they uh, might have a shortened season. 
that's what I was going to say. You're going to have to truncate the season, but I don't know if a bubble would necessarily be <clears throat> for the regular season. Um, I think they would probably take a risk because even Adam Silver, when he was sitting down with Rachel Nichols, was saying that um, they've been contacting all of the major sports leagues, like all of the four major sports leagues were talking to each other, you know what I mean, trying to see what's what. And so, as you know, the NFL is doing a lot of games without fans, you know what I mean? I think it would be a situation where you would have something like that or even what you were saying earlier, Sean, like a regional bubble. But I think it, they would truncate the season maybe about 66 games. And then in the playoffs, they may try to replicate the bubble again, depending upon where we stood and how important it was to keep the season going. Probably the smart thing to do. What you feel about it? Uh, I think that's a pretty good idea. What you say about like 62 games? Or something? I would think somewhere around there, 62 to 66 games. I think the hard part about it is – Forget losing money, but how are you going to have these players sacrifice not being away from their, you know, being away from their families for like nine months? Because that's how yeah. long it usually lasts if you play an 82 game season. This is not going to work, man. Right. Because they're already sense. feeling it being away three months, or they exactly. only have a six. Exactly. So you would probably, I, I personally think the regional thing would be cool. You know what I mean? I think if you had something kind of like where you adopted the North, South, East, West, March Madness thing, you did that with teams. And even mm-hmm. though they may be playing like Western Conference games or something like that, you just still do it, whether that, you know, that's the that's the beauty of the NBA. It's East and West. It ain't like AFC and NFC. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So you could really you could really work that out. And plus, I mean, I think these sports teams need to start taking advantage of the fact that they got their own channels. No, you got NBA TV. Yeah. Show a lot of games on NBA TV. Yeah. Control it true. yourself. Have your own streaming network. If you got it, go ahead and use it. Yeah. You know, I don't see nothing wrong with that. But, you know, yeah, I, I mean, the regional thing sounds pretty good. <clears throat> like, you will have to, like I said, the like you said, uh, Russ, that the NBA seems to be on board a lot more than other sports leagues and stuff. So, it's like, it's going to be going to be interesting to see how the NBA reinvents itself coming into the next season and see how they mm-hmm. handle this situation. I think every other team, other, uh, not every other team, every other sports league is going to uh, replicate what they do from here on out. Mm-hmm. They probably should have long before they started, to be honest. Because the NFL and the MLB are in shambles right now as far as COVID testing is concerned. Right. And that, that's, the, that's the hardest part about it is as long as you got this situation going on with COVID and, and positive tests, the NBA has on their side that they didn't have any positive tests in the bubble. I'm pretty sure if they don't have a bubble, they're going to get some positive tests. And then that's when people are going to look at it with the side eye. Yeah. Especially if a star player goes down. Yeah. Yeah. With yeah. COVID. Yeah. Oh, we'll see, man. Yeah. We'll see about that. It's going to be interesting to see what the next season is up. Uh, what we're going to look forward to for the next season. But also, guys, so you, uh, Rush, you talked about social injustice with the NBA. So how do you feel how the NBA handled the social climate with uh, social injustice and everything that went on this year? Um, I think they did uh, a phenomenal job when you're just talking about raising awareness. I'm not one of those people that, unfortunately, I'm not one of those people that's like a big protester. I'm more of like a fighter. So I'm just kind of like waiting for the real fight for anything, like the physical fight, like mm-hmm. on some Black Panther shit. Are you ready for the political. action? Yeah, man, because it's like, what, what am I going to go outside for, protest, raise my voice, and then some other group comes along and they're trying to throw pepper spray or hit me with sticks, man, they're getting popped. So at the end of the day, I'm not even going to put myself in that situation. But what I will say for NBA players and other sports leagues that can't live in that kind of space, I think it's perfect for 
what everybody's asking for, right? Everybody wants to see some form of change. Everybody wants to see some effort. That's the effort that you can put in. You can't put more effort into it than the NBA did with raising awareness, being a listening ear for the players. Even when the players decided to strike, man, it was one of those situations where the NBA wasn't putting out negative press. You didn't hear a lot of leaks with negativity in it. And then they're trying to put their money behind different causes. So I couldn't get too mad at what they did. Uh, how do you guys feel about the um, Milwaukee Bucks not telling nobody what they were going to do? They just could, they decided within themselves uh, how they was going to protest and uh, forfeit, pretty much forfeit that game. I feel that, like they could have done a better job communicating. Like, yeah, it, the event that happened directly affected them because that's their home state. But at least let the other team know, like, yo, this is what we plan to do so they're not caught off guard and have to, you know, scramble. So it's cool you take that stance. Just just be mindful of other people in that stance. But what if the magic? What if the magic would have said, "Well, that's what y'all want to do, but we want to play." You know, like and you know, what we're, we're all trying to be united as a front and everything with coming into social injustice and things and and, and our message, what we're trying to put out there mm-hmm. in the Orlando Magic to be like, "Nah, we want to, we want to play." Like screw what you talking about. We want to. I understand where you're coming from, but we want to play. You just would have had to delay it, man. Like, look, something's bigger than basketball. I mean, in my opinion, I, I kind of feel like they were like uh, rogue agents, the way they moved. You know what I mean? You kind of put everybody's back against the wall. It's like if all three of us went somewhere, if one of us went against the grain, the other two don't follow in, we don't have any kind of solidarity. And now they can divide and conquer. So at that point in time, instead of making it a thing about Orlando wanting to play or even the rest of the teams playing, they got on the ball and was like, all right, if they're not playing, we're not playing, and we'll figure it out later. But you kind of put the minds and and people who actually did something like Chris Paul, Michelle Roberts, all these people in the in the players' union that, that put together this effort, you didn't give them any kind of heads up. But on the other hand, I do understand where they were coming from and feeling so emotional because it happened in their home state. Like they were the home team, the representative team for what happened in, in Wisconsin, so – yeah, I feel you on that one. So, what do y'all feel about the uh, the NBA with the um with the messages on the back of the jersey and the messages on the court, Black Lives Matter and education reform? How do you feel like the NBA handled that situation? Man, you tell me how you feel about it. You've been questioning, man, over here. Hey, man, hey, man. I feel look, every, <laughs> <laughs> look, man. I feel I feel pretty good about everything the NBA has done with social injustice and bringing awareness. That they, you know, like sports. That's what sports do. Mm-hmm. Sports bring awareness to social, um, what what things that's the things that's going on in in the world, and like you said, the thing that happened in Milwaukee that affected the Bucks, but I think that affected all of us because, like I said, we're all uh, black men and everything, and we want to see, and we're tired of seeing these things going on, and we also saw the uh, teams trying to bring awareness about what happened on with Breonna Taylor, even though there was mm-hmm. so much other stuff going on. Mm-hmm. You know, the NBA just the NBA really just tried to bring awareness to these certain things. And I'm kinda of, and I'm glad that there wasn't fans there. Because you know how some fans they'll they need to heard all that and it would have been a ruckus. Yeah, it would have been a riot or some kind of yeah, not, would, maybe not a riot, but it would have been a stir cause. Yeah, you would you would have most definitely would have caused a player or two or somebody would have got hurt. It would have been like uh, uh, the the fight in the uh, Auburn Palace mm-hmm. all over again or something like that. And that would have been a bad move for the NBA. So I think the NBA handled everything in the best professional way that he possibly could have. And I'm really uh, proud, proud of them for that. And I'm proud of the way that they handled this whole situation with the social injustice. Like LeBron has always been a voice. Chris Paul. Mello. Mello. Uh, a lot of other guys, you know, Steven Jackson, even some of the retired players. We even saw Michael Jordan 
speak up on some things that he never talked about a lot of stuff like that. So he was real quiet about it. But I think, like I said, the passing of Kobe and things of that nature, everything's going on that really put uh, MJ on the spot to really want to speak up about certain things. So NBA did a great, great job. But you know what? Even with specifically Mike, he's done things in the past. They just don't televise it. Well, he doesn't speak on it. Right. He doesn't so, publicly speak yeah. on it, which is a good change. But they handled it well, man. I just hope they keep it going. Yeah. I know I wouldn't mean myself personally. I wouldn't buy no jersey with the Well, that's probably just like a player I know something. I don't think But if I saw it at the store, I'm like, no. <laughs> but you know what though? I mean, at the same token, I kind of look at it like it was it was important from the standpoint of not only did you have the players having whatever message they wanted to have on the back and it just didn't have to um directly relate to race. Like Andre Guadala had uh group group economics on the back of his jersey. The cool part is the different foreign players, they were able to have whatever message they want in their own language. So I thought yeah. what the messages did more than anything was just show unity. You know what I'm saying? It's a global game with, with global participants. And I think the biggest part about that is whatever goes on, whatever happens, whether people are protesting, whether people are fighting, whether people are peaceful, at the end of the day, you're, you're really trying to get to a point of unity. Exactly. Good point there, Russ. Good point there. I, I, that's a good good way to close that one out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, unity is always a good thing. But let's get down to this recap of the playoffs because that's <laughs> real. So what's, what's, what's your thoughts, like the whole format of having – how many extra teams was it in the West? Was it? Like 12. I mean – Nah, like – Nah, well, you got to think about it. The funny part is they, they offloaded it. So, like, they had 22 teams in the bubble, but usually you have 16 teams total in the playoffs – but I think only one extra team came from the East, which was the no, were the Wizards? It was the Wizards, right? No, I, don't, I don't think. I don't, no, I don't think it was any extra teams in the East. I think it was just teams in the West. No, nah, there was it an was extra the, team in the East. Then it, would, then it had to be the Nets. Then who? Yes, it was the Nets. Was, it was. It was one team. It was one team okay. that got to play, and then the rest of them came from the West. So the other five were from the West, and it was all just based upon how many games back you were from the AFC. Yeah. And so. You know, at that point in time, I mean, I thought I thought it was smart because you had to find a way to get some of that regular season television money back. You couldn't just start with the playoffs, so you had to start with the regular season. So having that play-in game, I honestly think that's something that they can go ahead and push forward with. I was just about to ask, do, do y'all think that should be an ongoing thing? I think that's fine. Like maybe like the last – like from like 9 to like 12 to get in and they got to play well, each other. Well, the way they did it in the NBA was perfect, right? Because if you were within four games of that particular team, I mean, that doesn't always necessarily work itself out. But in the West, you have way more parity than you do in the East. I'm not one of those people exactly. that says the West is just definitely better than the East, but the parity is just different. Like, it's just – there's high competition. Mm -hmm. the, the, the top four in the East are always, you know, solid. And then when you go four on down, it's just like – that's yeah, five to eight is a crapshoot. Yeah, but in the West, you could be a ninth seed and been like really good and just didn't make it based upon record. And so that's what mm -hmm. you want to promote. You want to be in a situation where you can have a good team, have a chance, like baseball. Yeah. If you're close yeah. enough in baseball, you know, you can get in. So I like it. I like it, especially if my team happens to slip up and have a terrible year. I want us to get an extra shot to maybe try to get in there and right yep. the ship. You get yeah, but the only reason I don't really like – I'll kind of be a little weary about stuff like that is if my team was like a ninth seed and we had the, the, the play in mm -hmm. and we yeah, get that eighth seed, we probably got to play that one seed. We go lose. Yeah. We go get – <laughs> you know yeah, Would you rather 
would you rather lose to the one seed or would you not get in at all? I'd much yeah, rather my team be like competitive, like in like that that mid that from first to like fifth. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean in the West because I feel like that's like we have a chance to you know win a championship. That's just me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean. Like if we're like that AFC, we gotta play against the number one seed. Like if my Grizzlies had to play against the Lakers, we not gonna beat the Lakers. I mean, that's a possibility though. That's the thing about the NBA. It's not just one game. So if somebody goes down in that series, now all of a sudden it's a little evenly matched. Listen, they said the Warriors wasn't gonna beat the Mavs, and look what happened. Right. Got right, the Mavs but, right on out of here. But that's that's saying that, you know, that's just with straight up talent. Different circumstances. That's, a, mis- that's cool. a misevaluation. But I'm talking about, like, say, for instance, somebody's star player goes down. Like, it wasn't going to affect the Lakers game. But when Dame got messed up, like, if that well, was against a more competitive team, that would have been a problem. You know? Yeah, yeah. It was most definitely a wrap for the uh, Blazers when that happened. Yeah. You know, because CJ McCullum wasn't going. So you want to speak on your Grizz? Because they had to do the playing. They had to, you know, do that little tournament. Um, I like when I told Chi when me and Chi was talking. I said that this is an opportunity for the young teams mm-hmm. to really step up because I felt like the bubble was more so suited for younger guys mm-hmm. than it were for the older dudes and stuff like that because it, it, the bubble was more like an AAU tournament mm-hmm. type of thing. So I thought my Grizzlies was going to be straight. Mm-hmm. You know, but at the same time, like, I don't know how many months they were off, but I think it was off for, like, what, like three months? They said four and a half, something like that. Four and a half months. You lose all that momentum. Mm-hmm. You got to go back in there and get that momentum back and everything like that. We didn't really have, like, a veteran on the team that's been, you know, that's been here before. Like, oh, man, you know, man, we just got to, like, you know, tough it out, whatever. I wish we would have won. If we would have won, like, three games, we would have made the playoffs, but it was, it was a wrap. But like, like I, I mean, like I said, another conversation me and she had, we weren't even supposed to be in that position, mm-hmm. the Grizzlies, because we were rebuilding. So the fact that we was even in a position to compete mm-hmm. in the first place gives me like hope and optimistic for my team going on, going further. And you had a major, major injury too. Uh, not really. Like, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Jaren Jackson got hurt yeah. towards the end, but Jackson yeah, got but, and, then, and it wasn't Conley delayed coming into the bubble. Cause he had a child. Conley, Conley got traded. He he was already in Utah. Not Con. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hold, hold on. Morant. Yeah. No, no. I know y'all got Morant, but I was thinking about Utah because somebody came in late. But yeah, you're right. Yeah, that was Conley. Jackson got hurt for y'all. That's the only one that was missing. But I mean, the Grizzlies. I mean, in basketball, you always one good young superstar away. If you outweigh that generation, like if you just wait till that next wave comes, you never know what you'll be. Because when people saw Russell Westbrook and James Harden early, they thought they were good, solid players, but they never knew that they would be like MVP caliber players. Because you were looking at Kevin Durant as the blue chip. In your situation, it's the same thing. You got a John Morant. You got Jaron Jackson. You don't know what that'll be in four years. That could be the, the the percentage you need to be a perennial playoff teams a, a team and one of the best ones. You yeah, y'all definitely had a run with that grindhouse, a grindhouse yeah. era. Yep. Well, playoffs for me was like a cup of coffee. Mm. Didn't expect it to go that way. <laughs> I'm be completely honest. Mm. I knew once Ben got injured, it was a wrap. But there's no way with all the quote-unquote talent we were supposed to have, we were supposed to get swept. Considering Kimball Walker wasn't 100%, Jason Tatum was struggling, and Jalen Brown was struggling. We were supposed to take advantage of that. But I tend to believe most of that is coaching. It's 50-50 coaching and 50-50 on the players, mm-hmm. personally. But we got swept. It, it was enough to get Brett Brown out of here. We got Dick, Doc Rivers out of it. So 
I guess I take it. I'd rather make a run in the playoffs. <laughs> but with that coaching staff, we weren't going to go far anyway. So I think it was time for a change. Okay. So. Yo, Russ, we gonna talk about the Lakers later. We gonna no, talk. no, 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 no. Oh, you wanna talk about it now? No, I, I think, I think the whole situation with the Sixers. I mean, we all know what the problem was there, man. It had to be coaching because you got two high level talented players that you know couldn't couldn't really mesh during the season, and that just put them in an odd spot seating wise, in my opinion. That's why they drew who they drew in the first round. But I will say this: Ben getting hurt was a big deal. Like, yeah, that is at true. The end of the day, is like. We could look at the Sixers and be like, damn, they ain't live up their potential. But if if the Lakers would have, God forbid, lost AD or God forbid lost Braun, they'd have been in the same situation. If the Clippers lost Kawhi for any reason, they would have been in the same situation. So I ain't going to really, like, rag on the 76ers like that. Um, but I think the end result was better than, you know, it was better than what, what, what Brown was going to do getting Doc. I'm not a big Doc fan, but he's better mm-hmm. than Brown. And so right. hopefully he'll do something for y'all. I just I think Ben Simmons will be coming to LA soon. So we'll see how that works. Here we go. All right, y'all. So speaking of Doc Rivers, what do you guys think of Doc Rivers and the Los Angeles Clippers collapse in the playoffs? I always felt the Clippers was overrated to me personally. Like PG was never that dude. Like once he left the Indiana, it was over. He, and that leg injury, that leg injury, that leg injury really set him back, his career back a little bit. Would it set him back, or could he improve from that? I mean, I never broke my leg before, so I don't know. Not, not necessarily that. I'm just talking like injury, though. It set him back because it put him out of his time frame, right? Like he was in a window of ascension where he was supposed to be with the group of players like Harden, Westbrook, and and starting to get that love because he's on Team USA. You know, it's during a regular scrimmage. You're balling with the ballers. Like, and Mm -hmm. then having that injury, even though you heal from it, you know, physically, obviously he didn't heal from it psychologically because he's been having problems dealing with certain things throughout, self-admittedly, throughout his NBA career. So I I think that injury hampered him. But at the same token, man, he ain't never beat LeBron. And by me being a LeBron fan, it just didn't matter to me, you know. I looked at the Clippers as being fraudulent because everybody looked at Kawhi Leonard like he's this superstar, and I don't look at him like he's a superstar. I think he's more like a talented assassin. I don't look at him like LeBron James or Kevin Durant or even James Harden, for that matter, that can put a team on his back and be the primary reason why he's carrying whatever group of individuals you put around him. He has to be in some kind of system a la San Antonio. Obviously, Toronto was better than a lot of people thought because look how far they got this season without him. So, I mean, it's not like he wasn't around a solid group of guys and everybody talked about how deep the Clippers were. So it wasn't because he didn't have the players. So what is it? He's just not as good as them. So I was never in doubt. I never thought the Clippers were going to beat the Lakers. I didn't think he was better than Braun. So I just thought it was funny how he lost and everybody was like, oh, well, now it should be easy for Braun. So, no, they trashed and they blew up the team. And they're going to be trash. Well, listen, I said about Kawhi last year, like, that lucky-ass bounce is the reason they even got that fire. Had they lost that game, none of this Kawhi talk would even be happening. But you know the other and, part about that is Joel and B missed some damn games in that series. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's the true. other part. You know, it may not have gone to a game seven if the man, you know, was healthy if enough. If he was healthy, yeah, yeah. It, might, it might not have gone that far. Yeah, but so then – but then also you got to think about too, like if it wasn't for Clay Thompson and KD getting hurt, but of course Kawhi let the Toronto Toronto wouldn't have beat but the uh, they would have got swept. Right, 
right. Like, just Clay, just Clay getting hurt ruined it. KD was hurt, but KD would have cooked him. That'd have put him over the top. Oh yeah, oh yeah, you absolutely yeah. right. If Clay Thompson was healthy, oh man, would have been over. It yeah. was a barbecue chicken. Yeah, <laughs> he was giving it to him in that game. It was about to be a wrap. Yeah, he, he got out of character and went and got hurt on cats. <laughs> so yeah, so yeah, but, but I most definitely felt like with Kawhi. When Kawhi was in Toronto, mm-hmm. he didn't have to be the leader. He didn't have to be the leader of the team. So, <laughs> so when he got there, like he was, he could just do what he do, mm-hmm. and just, just nobody, you know, and, and nobody really had to say nothing. But when he went to the, um, when he went to the, uh, the Clippers, he had to be the leader. He's not that type. He's yeah, not a LeBron. You don't have that person. Yeah, he's not that guy. And you don't. You really ain't have a leader on that team. Like Paul George isn't the leader. Of uh, uh, somebody you can follow behind Pat Beverly, I hated him. Trash. I'm glad he didn't win the championship. So I, well, I, I, I hate, I hate his gut. I hate him so much. Damn, man, Pat Beverly be coming at people's neck like he hard like that, man. Like he can really hoop. And man, I ain't never, I ain't like Pat Bev once he hurt my man Russell Westbrook. So he was right. I respect him though as like his hustle and the way he goes about getting his name. But just liking him as a player, I don't like him. But he can hoop. He's defensively, he can hoop. He ain't right. shit on offense. He right. the type of dude to get 0.0 assists, 0 rebounds, 0 blocks, all of that stuff like that. Y'all balled out today. Man, shut yeah, up. I, I locked your man up. He only had six. I locked him up today. Defense. First team all team. But shut up. <laughs> I mean, what's the difference between him and Tony Allen, though? Tony Allen was a yeah. Tony Allen yeah, earned that Kobe Bryant respect. Yeah, Tony Allen could hoop. Not only not only did Tony Allen play good on the ball you. defense, he he guarded the hardest position to guard. The hardest position to guard is a wing to me. You know what I'm yeah. saying? What Pat Bev does, yeah, you're you're needed to be an on the ball defender against guards, but you can also funnel them to the bigs. With those wings, man, sometimes you funnel a wing to the big, that big gonna get dunked on. We see it every game. So at the end of the day, I kind of look at Tony Allen as a different type of player. And obviously, he was a champion. So I mean, I respect it. No, Ooh. I'm just saying. I just thought I thought that comparison. Man, how how oh, dare you? How Ooh. dare you? I know Tony Allen, your man. Calm down. No, but Tony Allen was a beast on defense. Yeah. yeah I just thought I made the comparison. That got me up, bro. Because he wasn't <laughs> no, the offensive dude. No, but he could score better than, than Pat Beverly. He could. Yeah. But you didn't look at Tony Allen like, oh, yeah, go get me a bucket. Because you ain't had to because you had yeah. other players around that need that could do that for you. And he was about to lock up. Like Tayshaun Prince, same same situation. You right. got a long Thank wing you. that's just about to lock up. Like, that's what I'm putting my energy into. You know what I'm saying? Okay. All right, my bad. Bad comparison. How dare you? How dare you? <laughs> oh, really? Oh, my God. But, no, I ain't surprised the Clippers folded. They've been folded since 2012. Yeah, it was just funny, man. That's how you know the LeBron hate is real. You know what I mean? Anytime you just pick a team like that that arbitrarily won, like they didn't even win nothing. It was the fact that Kawhi won in the East that LeBron left. You know what I'm saying? Like, so it's not even one of those situations where I'm looking at it like the East was up for grabs. So he's the one that happened to come out, and then he got lucky, and the Warriors were like decimated with injuries. So I didn't look at him like he was going to be some great person. He had to prove it to me this year. He ain't proved nothing. And he was on a stack team in San Antonio. I mean, he shit, just happened he, to get Finals MVP. He won't even the man on San Antonio. It was still Tim Duncan. That's Kawhi what I'm saying. He was on a stacked team. Yeah, he he averaged 17, and Tim averaged 17 in that Finals. They just wanted to give it to him because he checked Braun, who averaged 25. Some Thank you, thank you, it's thank bull, you. Man. And he had the greatest coach, one of the greatest coaches of all time, a great pop. Yeah, man, he's soft, man. He sucks. <laughs> all right, let's 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 move on because they about to they about to kill Kawhi. 
over here tag teaming him. <laughs> what he get, man? He want to be hard. Want to ride around in your New Balance with a crown on the keychain? Man, give me that shit. <laughs> crown. They about to kick that fool out of L.A. All right, let's let's let's. Where are we at now? Uh, man, we 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 supposed to talk about the Bucks collapse. First off, fuck Giannis. He should have never got that MVP this year. MVP and Defensive Player of the Year. Oh, Shouldn't have got either one of those. Wait a minute, guys. <laughs> Go ahead and make your point. He shouldn't have got MVP, bro. I've been saying LeBron should have got it this year. Like, what What did he do to earn back-to-back MVPs? Yeah, his team had that best record in the league, but that's a team accomplishment. Well, when you look at it, it's no different than anything else that happened with the awards, right? Like, you look at Rookie of the Year, and John Morant had did what he was supposed to do to be Rookie of the Year, but when you saw Zion come in and play, you knew Zion was a force, and they had him on minutes restrictions. But there was no way you were supposed to get that Rookie of the Year to Zion because Ja proved that he was a, a force the entire time he played for the majority of the season. Same situation with, with Giannis, man. Giannis was playing for the regular season. The problem is they give out these superlatives too late in the season, man. You can't give out the damn MVP of the regular season in the second round of the playoffs. Like, it's just absurd. It'll never look right. So, of course, it's almost like playing Monday morning quarterback or looking at something in hindsight. Of course it looks like he didn't deserve it. You know what I mean? We know, as LeBron fans, LeBron really is not – he's not putting out maximum effort. You know what I'm saying? At most, you're getting about 85% Bron on a good night or a big game. You might get real Bron. And then after that, he's going back to learning the team, understanding people's roles so that when crunch time comes in the playoffs, he knows who he can count on. He knows who he can tell the coach that they, that they need to be in the lineup for this, that, and the third. So, in my opinion, Giannis earned that. Now, defensive player of the year, that's subjective. But from the MVP standpoint – I feel like he should have got it because that's what it is. It's the regular season MVP. If you want to dispute the award in general, that's a different topic. Yeah, we didn't come back to the dispute the MVP another day. Man, I, I feel mean, like I feel like with LeBron not winning MVP, there's a couple <laughs> of MVPs he should have won. That's kind of like the same way what I felt by if you've ever seen a meme floating around or whatever, like all the stats floating around about Kobe Bryant and all the years that he should have won MVP. Mm-hmm. Over like, like you know Steve Nash, the Dirk Nowitzki, and all this other stuff like that. I just felt like, and that's and that's where the Jordan thing comes in. That's mm-hmm. where the Jordan thing. I feel like a lot of the NBA don't want to give MVPs to people that truly deserve it. That's players that's compared to Jordan because they don't want that person to surpass Jordan because that person then had better, well, you know, NBA, MVP that, seasons. It's a couple of years. Speaking of Jordan, it's a couple of years that people felt Jordan should have got the MVP, but then. Right, so but how many? How many uh, really Jordan has? How many Jordan has? Like six. Jordan got five. Had five. five. I just, I just, that's that's my personal feeling. That's just me. I just felt like they don't want to give that up to. They don't want to. So, like, I feel like LeBron honestly should have surpassed five. Like, he should have like six. That's just but me. So, but side, let me ask you this. I, I kind of feel like because I mean I'm a LeBron fan like you. So fundamentally speaking, we agree that we think LeBron James is just the best player in the league, right? So how much of that is you actually just uh, – is that you knowing how good LeBron is and how much of that is him, like, actually displaying it during the regular season? I mean, I just feel like his numbers speak for himself. You so know, you feel like, like – my, my bad, I didn't mean to cut you off. But so you feel like the 25 and 10 from LeBron is better than the 30 and 13 plus the defense from Giannis. 30, okay, so Giannis had 30, 13, or whatever. Like, he had put – like I said, he – 
he puts a he puts up baller numbers. He's a baller. I give him that. But I just felt like I just felt like LeBron deserved it because of the situation where he was in in L.A. No, and I and I I get that. Like I get the argument, right? My only thing is I don't have a problem with anybody saying LeBron James should have been the MVP this season just because I know who LeBron is. But if I had to sit up there and say, okay, LeBron's got AD as his next running mate, and Giannis has Chris Middleton as his running mate, I'm looking at Giannis having to carry more of the load talent-wise, even though I know LeBron James does more from the structure of a team. So it's kind of like a weird – it's a weird thing. Like, if I gave it to LeBron, I'd be giving it to him knowing what his talent is and how much he contributes as as opposed to how much he shows. But is that LeBron's fault that he got AD and Giannis doesn't have a good running mate? Or is that the organization's? It's not his fault. It's just about how you weight things, right? Because it seems like, like with that, you're penalizing him for having AD. Well, no. I mean, I'm not penalizing him for having AD, right? But, okay, <clears throat> I'm going to take it to something personal. Ben Simmons won Rookie of the Year over Donovan Mitchell, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. And in that year, a lot of people just felt like Ben Simmons did more. But Donovan Mitchell came in as a rookie and made the Utah Jazz a fourth seed in the West. I weighted that as more of an accomplishment and saw him to be a better player than Ben Simmons. Therefore, I would have given Donovan Mitchell. I want to be clear. I didn't think Ben deserved that rookie of the year. But But that's what I'm trying to get to. Inherently, people were giving it to Ben off of what they thought they knew as opposed to what was done on the court. I'm saying when you look at LeBron, we all know LeBron's in cruise control during the regular season while other players are balling their hardest. And I think that's what plays into that conflict of voting. Yeah, true. Not that LeBron doesn't deserve the MVP, not that he's not the best in the league, but if you got another dude balling his ass off and the other dude is only running at 90%, why am I just going to give it to the dude that's running 90% as opposed to the dude balling his ass off? Good point. Uh, man, you make you make good points, but you know LeBron fan, you, my heart, <laughs> my heart is telling me, yo, I want to get the MVP. But if you give it to LeBron, I'm not mad. I'm just saying the people that's like, yo, Ben ain't. I mean, Ben, Giannis ain't deserve that shit at all. It's just like, well, we only saying that because we know what happened to him in the playoffs. We weren't supposed to know what happened to him in the playoffs when we voted on this. True. I, yeah, yeah, I good don't point, know. Man. Good point. Yeah, you make you make a good point. I don't. Me personally, I don't like the Giannis hype. I see the deficiencies What's the in hype? his. Huh? What's the hype? That, that he's going to be the next face of the league? Like, he's the face of the league now? Bro, when you go to a small market team like Milwaukee, which wasn't good in our entire lifetime, and bring them up to the point where they're a perennial playoff team, man, it's something. It's something when you do that in a small market. It's just going away a lot. If John Morant, if John Morant makes the, uh, the Grizzlies a two-seed every year, we're going to look at John Morant as a top-five player in the league. But but because then but then if Zion then if Zion gets the Pelicans to the number one seed, we're gonna, look at, we gonna look at Zion as like that man because because you're doing it in an unconventional spot. I don't know. Maybe I'm just a Giannis hater. I just it don't could, like all the hype. It could be. That, that, I, mean, they, they I just think I just think I just think when, once he get a jumper, I feel like he'll be. The other thing about Giannis too, man, is is we're criticizing him on an uneven scale. We're not comparing him to his peers. Right, his peers are Joel and B, people like that. Comparing him to LeBron James is technically not fair. <laughs> See, they put that's what I'm saying. The media put him up there to us for us to make that comparison. They did that with LeBron and Kobe. 
when LeBron first came in the league and they had the puppets and it was Kobe versus LeBron and they were trying to build LeBron to be, you know, in this finals against Kobe, Kobe was an elder statesman, man. Kobe had figured out the game to a level that LeBron hadn't figured it out. And LeBron couldn't live up to that pressure. Even though he had been to the finals in that one year, once Boston got together, that was just something else he had to figure out. He was being compared to somebody that technically wasn't his peer, which goes to LeBron's greatness. The same thing with Giannis. If Giannis has worked himself in a situation where he's being compared to LeBron James and he's only 25, 26 years old, and LeBron's 35, going on 36, you're doing something right. I don't know what kind of hype that is, but shit, I don't know. Like I said, maybe I'm just a Giannis hater, man. Right. But he he clearly needs a good number two. He needs a number two. Yeah. She got to leave. <laughs> that, that's true. He most definitely got a dip. So, man, we was, we was just talking about, man, some of the younger cats in the league, these young bucks we got in the league. Man, so what y'all thoughts about the emergence of a guy like a Jamal Murray, uh, what we saw from guys like Devin Booker? See, with, with Dev Booker, I'm not surprised by that. Dev Booker's been putting up those kind of games for years. And it's just – He's in Phoenix. Right. He's in Phoenix, so they don't, you don't see it. He needs to get out of Phoenix. That's one guy right. that needs. But to he go. got he got locked down. He got like a. He, oh, he, got, got, he just signed a max contract not that long ago. Yeah, but I'm not surprised. Now I mean, with Murray, I'm a little surprised. Like he, because he was streaky when I like first started watching him, and then he just went crazy in the bubble. So that I wasn't expecting. Nah, man, well, look, this is how I look at it. When it comes to somebody like Devin Booker. First off, I got a homeboy named Q that puts me on the anything Kentucky basketball, and everybody that you just named from. Booker to Jamal Murray to Tyler Harrow, any of those players, they all came from Kentucky with the Cal system. And obviously, John Calipari has a thing for making these guys great NBA players. So, first off, I'm going to give him his props in that regard. Devin Booker is a scoring machine. Ever since he hit 70 in Boston, that's something only a few players can do. He's been a bucket. He's been a 25-point-per-game scorer. He's going to cook. The way the NBA contracts are set up, man, after you get that first one, you know, you kind of want to get to that next contract where you can get over 100 mil the way that, or the 148 mil at the time, the way Andrew Wiggins, Joel Embiid, all those players did. You had to get that contract to solidify your money. Now, once he gets to the back half of that, he can start forcing his way out kind of like an AD. So normally that's when we're going to start seeing players shift around 25, 26 years old until somebody commits to actually staying at a certain place. With Jamal Murray, Jamal Murray, shout out to my birthday buddy. He turned 23 on February 23rd. He's a young cat. So you got to you gotta look at his ascension as being something kind of like Tyler Hero's ascension. It's early, man. The, the, the ceiling is high for these players. So it's very interesting, man. This, I think this bubble helped them a lot. It would have been dope to see somebody like Trey Young in the bubble to take advantage of this too because the oh, notoriety yeah. that these That's players a cat got I like. from the bubble, the notoriety they got from the bubble is going to help them immensely. Like, everybody knows who Tyler Hero is. You know what I'm saying? So when you see him on the court, it's going to be what it is. Everybody knew who Luka was. But even the early performances that Luka was able to get off, it, it, it puts you in a different stratosphere. So Yeah. yeah, yeah Luka most definitely is a problem. Yeah. I think that's what the bubble was able to do. The bubble highlighted, you know, all the talent for the people who wanted to seize it, you know? There's a, there's a national respect for Jimmy Butler right now that I don't think people had. Right. You know, I think if the, the respect that people have for Jimmy Butler happened when he was in Philly, you would have never signed Tobias Harris before you got Jimmy. You know what I mean? I, that's the funny thing. With Jimmy, I had that respect for Jimmy in Chicago. Yeah. Well, well, Long but before people, now. 
But the people who like hoops, they have respect for certain ballers. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, you know who can hoop. If you watch the game enough, they're going to flash before your eyes every time. Right. Jimmy was my guy in Chicago. So when he got to us, I'm like, cool. Yeah, what's my what's my man from the Nets that was balling? Spencer Dinwiddie. Not Spencer Dinwiddie. I like him. I like him a lot, though. I like him. Um, Levert. Levert. Levert yeah, yeah. Him ball. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. He always yeah. been a problem. But we in my division, so I see it firsthand. Yeah, that dude. That dude can ball. Yeah. No, they and the Nets got ballers. It's just it's gonna be interesting to see how much Kyrie can help that. You know what yeah. I mean? We know he's and gonna KD. pass to KD. Well, see, KD's just more of an efficient scorer, man. KD does what he's going to do within about 16 shots. You know what I mean? And yeah, the he rest a hired gun. The free throw. Yeah. So he's not he's not in charge of the facilitation of of getting the other people involved. Involved. That's Kyrie, man. Kyrie got to get Dinwiddie to rock. Kyrie, Kyrie got to get Levert to rock. Like that's not Yo, on KD. I ain't go front. I thought I thought when I seen the um speaking of Kyrie and the LeBron when them two split, mm-hmm. I thought that them two should have like linked back up. Because I felt like Kyrie needed LeBron, and I felt like LeBron needed Kyrie, but LeBron went and got AD. He went and got. A, would you call that an upgrade? Oh hell yeah! Oh, yeah. Hell yeah! I never looked at. I never looked at the situation with Kyrie Irving as being one that um, a lot of people did. You know, a lot of people said that Kyrie bailed out Bron and all this stuff. But the way I always looked at it was Kyrie won't win a shit before Bron came to Cleveland. And anytime Bron was hurt for a game, or took off a game, or took off a stretch of games. Kyrie would drop 40 and Cleveland would still lose. So he was he was conducive upon like needing everything that LeBron had and then he would just compliment it. So like Kyrie went off for 41. If you look at the box score, Bron had 41 or Bron had 38. You know what I'm saying? It was never one of those situations. That was his Robin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was never one of those situations like you see with AD. AD got 34 and 12 and Bron got a cool 16. You know what I mean? That's when you can see that a player is actually helping somebody, taking the burden off. If I got to do the same shit I'm always doing, you ain't really helping me. You know what I mean? You're not helping take the burden off of me. You might be helping me or be a compliment to me winning, you know, taking me over the top, but you're not, you know what I'm saying? You're not no real robber. Also, how do y'all feel about um, Jokic from uh, the Nuggets? We still just talking about the Nuggets, man. What you feel about the big man, the big man from Denver? Y'all know how I feel about him. He's overrated to me. Joker, he, he, overrated? he can pass his ass off. He's he overrated, man. He's they always compare him and Embiid, and I just look at both their games. I feel Embiid can do more. He might not be as great a passer, but he can do more on offense and defense. You know what my problem is with Embiid, man? Every For everything that I love about Embiid, it's mm-hmm. not even his health. It's it's the the domination. To be that big, I would love to see him be a dominant player. And what Basically I like the about dog mentality, right? It's not even the dog mentality because you don't have to necessarily be like a dog to be dominant. Like you could be one of them silent killers. Like you, you that's know, like Jokic. Yeah, like and that's what I respect about Jokic. Yeah, I know this ain't his first language, but I mean anything from little tip ins to behind the back passes to hitting that one legged jump shot to hitting a three if he needs it. Man got the skills, man. Sean, bro, he can still get you thirty. So quiet thirty. <laughs> Yeah. A quiet 30. You be like, yo, you look at his box score, you be like, yo, where he get 30, 12, and 10? Man. I've seen man, I've seen him. I watched him, yo. I just nah. And he's nah. doing it in the West, man. You know what I'm saying? NB Everybody say the West so tough. And B should be killing the East. The only time NB should have a big game is when he's playing against Giannis. Outside of that, man, he's supposed to be dominating. 
You telling me stuff I already know, bro. No, that's all I'm saying. Like, so when I when I look at somebody like Jokic, man, I can't get too mad at him, man. Like, I know when he gets picked for the All Star team and he gets inserted into the game, it makes the game a little more boring or whatever. But if you talking about real basketball, it is what it is, man. He's official. And then I remember Sean and I having a conversation in the group chat, and I was asking him about you know young players that I thought he might be up and coming, and I told him I felt like Michael Porter Jr. was gonna be one of those dudes. And Yo, he, nice. Then he blew up in the bubble after that because I nice. thought he was maybe like a year away from that. So now you're talking about putting a 16 wing with Jamal Murray and Jokic. Shit. Yo, you want to talk about a young player that can ball. Yo, don't forget about my man B.I. Brandon Ingram. Brandon Ingram. Dude can, dude can ball. You know what I that, – you know my only problem with B.I. is, man, and it, this ain't saying he can't hoop because he could definitely hoop. I think he he suffers from Kyrie syndrome, and I know they both went to Duke, but that ain't the point. They suck the life out of the players around them. Like, and I feel bad for Lonzo Ball because Lonzo had to play his whole career near this dude. Like, he can't play free because B.I. is one of them dudes that's always clapping like, yo, I'm right here. Post up. It's me. Throw it here. But he can hoop, so – it's yet to be seen what's going to happen. He inconsistent for me. I like B.I., but he bruh, inconsistent. Bruh, but when Zion was out, when you needed a bucket, B.I. Yeah. was getting them buckets. Well, yeah, he can get buckets. That's what he is. But he's just inconsistent with it. Like, he can't do it every night. Like, when he's all Neither can it be. When he's all I didn't I didn't even bring I didn't Neither even, can it be. What I, you talking you're about? You're telling me I already know. Why are you defending <laughs> that man? I'm just saying. I know Embiid is uh, inconsistent. <laughs> I know that. I call him on my damn self. But <laughs> yeah. well, like I was saying, he. M, but then again, Embiid is a big man. It's different when you on the wing, is it not? Because technically, Sorta. technically today's game ain't built for Embiid. Bruh, but Embiid. Wait a minute, hold on. But Jokic, Jokic, Jokic can post up. Jokic can shoot over both both shoulders. Okay, and all that. So can Ben. So can Embiid. So how come Embiid can't just post up? Boom, boom. I can shoot over over shoulder. I got a array of moves. Some of that is coaching. Some of that is Embiid. Some of that is yeah. But that's I feel like that's on him. Yeah, that's like I said on it's fifty fifty. Nah, it's it's more on him. And I only say that because while a coach can run a whole bunch of plays in, in timeout situations, the floor of the game could easily be determined by Embiid. Right? There's no nobody telling him to go out there and shoot these perimeter jumpers. You're seven fucking three. Like how many people can really check you in the post? It's only like. Four or five games a year, you're going to have to really play hard basketball in that route. You know what I mean? Like, he should be posting up and getting twos. Let's not understand that. But when you got a Tobias Harris who's clogging up the paint, you got Ben Simmons who's clogging up the paint. He ain't got no room to work. That's your team for it. I, That's your team look, for it. That's I, your management for it. I know that. Getting all these players that y'all should have built around and beat and, and, and Simmons. You telling me oh. shit I already know, bro. You ain't got to preach to the choir. I know. All I know I the turnovers is stupid. If I'm seven three, I'm clogging up the paint. They out the way, bro. Right. <laughs> if Tobias is there, you got to move. <laughs> you telling me shit I already know, bro. I'm gonna well, pull Tobias six and six and six We talking about Jokic, right? Oh yeah. You should with that African voice. Get the fuck out the way. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, Jokic is official. Done deal. I'm gonna have to see more, Stay but up. Jokic got put out just like the rest of these dudes by the Lakers. So let's get to it. Get to the get to, get to the real matter right here. Let's talk about it. They won seventeen. Let's talk about it. Brian got his fourth with his fourth MVP. Yes, sir. So where did that, where does that leave his legacy? 
his his regular legacy, his Laker legacy, and just in general compared to the rest of the greats. Uh, I feel like uh, I feel like we're just gonna be volleying back and forth. So I go first, and then so I can go, and then I go again, and so I can go again. And, you know, you hop in there wherever you feel like it, because you know, uh, you know, <laughs> it's what it is. So look, this is the way I look at it. As far as his Laker legacy, man, you got to look at history and see how things are. Most Laker fans revere Shaq as a Laker, right? Mm-hmm. Shaq was drafted to Orlando, had a career in Orlando. Shaq left, went to Miami, subsequently other teams, and had a career after that. But people always envision him as a Laker. So you can definitely be a transplant, and if you do enough in the time that you're there, you could be revered as a Laker. You can get that Laker love, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like if LeBron and AD find a way to get another ring out of this, possibly two, two would be a stretch, but one isn't necessarily a stretch. It's very possible. Then LeBron could be looked at with that Laker love that a lot of other people get outside of Magic and Kobe. Magic being the original one that they love the most and Kobe being the second generation. He'll never be that for Lakers, in my opinion, but I think he'll be on the Shaq level. Um, And so far as his regular legacy, man, it depends on how you look at this stuff, right? If you look at Michael Jordan and you go, he has six championships, six finals, six finals MVPs, then you're only looking at the good that he's done, right? Well, you could do the same thing with LeBron. You could just look at the good, but nobody ever looks at the good LeBron does. They look at his career in its totality. So when you look at Michael Jordan in its totality, Michael Jordan fucking lost. And I love Mike, but Mike lost, bro. Like when Mike wasn't in the finals, his ass lost. He was getting smoked by Detroit so and Boston. So when, and listen, people want to talk about how he came back and did another three-peat. No, Mike suited up and played, and he got smoked by Penny and Shaq. Tell the truth. Talk about it. So that's the only thing that pisses me off when people talk about Mike versus LeBron, and I love Mike. You know what I'm saying? Like, I got love for Mike. I still think that he's the greatest right now, but I definitely think that there's going to be a situation where LeBron passes him. And I think this championship definitely helped that legacy. Um, This man has been in the league 17 seasons and been to the finals 10 times. That's success. Even if it is just four rings, that's success. Because if he wins one more, he has just as many as Kobe, just as many as Tim Duncan. just More than Shaq. More than Shaq. You know what I'm saying? So you're going to have to start looking at this man. And when you really think about it, he's the only one with three championships from three different organizations. And what they fail to say when they say that as well is that every organization he went to, they were not playoff teams. Cleveland, trash, lifted them up. Miami, not a playoff team. Even though they had D-Wade, they became championship Four years straight, missed the playoffs. Then he came to L.A. after they were in ruins, lifted them up, rose like a phoenix from the ashes to glory. LeBron James, man, the best you've seen in this Go generation. James! <laughs> best you've seen in this generation. you got to appreciate it. I'm not saying he, have to, he is this generation. Like, there is no denying that. Go James! If you ask me as a sports fan, what would I rather see? Would I rather see six years of Michael Jordan or 17 years of LeBron James? I hate to say it. This sounds blasphemous. I'd rather see 17 years of LeBron James. I mean, because he is a longer period. Longer right. span of greatness, man. And, that, and it all depends on how you measure greatness. People got to stop taking what they hear from the media. People got to stop holding on to what they have from their childhood and say, oh, my God, Mike, he was the best. Like, I look at Mike like that, too. 
from the kid's perspective. But when I look at that shit as a grown man, that man had plenty of flaws and he lost too. See, that's the thing. Those Jordan fans, I'm not one of those Jordan fans that just gloss over all the bullshit that happened. Like, oh, there's no, no guarantee a- we would have beat uh, Houston them two years had Jordan played. There's no guarantee we would have won those. Man. Jordan lost the, the first seven years of the playoffs. Like, I, I, I highlight that. I'm not one of those fans that's like, oh, no, nah, fuck all that, just six and no. Because if that's the case, Kareem better than Mike. Bill Russell is the GOAT. If we're going by that, so I never Man, use, I never use Bill, rings. Though. Bill won't play in no real teams. <laughs> What'd you say? I said, that's a little different with Bill Russell, man. Bill won't play in no real teams, man. See, a lot of people be like, oh, Michael Jordan played plumbers. That's why he won. I hear more Michael Jordan played, you know, in the hardest era in basketball, but I have a problem with that, too. I think a lot of these people would get washed by the stars of today. Yeah, because it's a different day at the evolution. Yeah. Magic, Magic was old. Clyde was old. I'm just saying, uh, even if you took them in that prime, the cream of the crop would be out there for sure. Like, if you took a Magic, if you took somebody like an Isaiah Thomas, yeah, man, you got some people that's official. But if you're telling me Russell Westbrook got to go inside on Bill Lambeer, man, Bill Lambeer getting yeah. his nuts up. But the nuts hanging all on him, man. It's over. He's getting dunked on. He getting yeah, that's why I said evolution. Yeah, yeah and, that's, and that's what pissed me off when people say, like, oh, LeBron wasn't surviving in the 90s. The man's 6'9". Okay. 260 muscle. I was thinking about what is you talking about? He he Carl Malone with with, uh, Jordan Speed, basically. We don't speak on Carl Malone. And magic skills. Huh? What'd you say? We don't speak speak on Carl Malone. Just saying, build wise, that's that's who he built like. And I'm like, y'all tripping. I was like, y'all, I'm I'd say like LeBron to me takes advantage of the rules. That's 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 placed upon him right now. So I think that's why you see when LeBron, oh, he's flopping, he did that in the third. He's taking advantage of the rules that is placed upon him. Don't don't uh, Bill Belichick it on him. Do that. You look at football, like all these all great teams, people do stuff like that. Mike did it too for all that defensive player of the year stuff. Mike won't won't get in fouls called on him, and then anytime he touched the ball, it was a foul. If he hit you with that back, and he was bending that back and hit you with that turnaround fadeaway, if you swiped that Mike, he was going to the line, bro. Like it's not one of those superstar calls, right? So I mean, when people see that with Brian, they get so mad. But my whole thing is the same thing happens for all the stars. Once you get to that level, you're playing on that even playing field, man, and that's just what it is to me, you know. Look, I'm a fan of Brian, but Mike is going to always be You hate that guy. nigga. Nah. I feel like you hate him. Nah, I don't hate Brian. I feel like you hate him on the low, low. I just, hate, just, hate, he just, no, I just hate the comparison of the two because they play completely different. Yeah, but when you're just comparing greatness, man, it is what it is. But I just feel like you're disqualifying yourself. If he's always going to be your GOAT, then there's nothing this man can do when clearly there's everything this man can do when his book hasn't been written yet. As I said in the group chat, he can put up crazy numbers. He's gonna put up better numbers than Mike. You can't dispute that. He can that. still win, bro. Yeah, he can still he can still, he can still win. get six. Forget getting six. What if what if LeBron? What if LeBron? He's got four right now, right? Right. Let's say they go back to back. They lose one. They retool. He gets his six one in his last year. Mm-hmm. Let's say Bronny comes into the league a year after that, and at forty years old, forty one years old, LeBron James goes with his son. Averages about 20 points a game, 11, 11 assists, and he and his son win a championship. The story that you would have seen would have been 25 years of just sheer greatness. That's 25 years. That's more years than half your life. Now you just go give it to Mike for six years? 
Just six years. Six years of your life. That's all. That's all right. Mike gave you, bro. All you gonna say is six and zero, oh, six that's and zero, oh, and that's it. When, when have you ever heard me bring that up, though? I've never brought that up in any conversation about Mike. But the rest of it ain't greater than LeBron, is what I'm saying. So you don't have to bring it up. But what you're comparing to LeBron is a six year resume. And I don't understand what people say, like, well, LeBron has is gonna have the better career, but Jordan is like the like what, what do you say? Like Le, LeBron's having the better, he's gonna have the better His career. Peak. Yeah, but MJ had the best peak. But I'm like, if if I have a better career than you, that means I'm better than you, in my personal opinion. If my career compared to your career is better, I'm better than you. I agree. I'm the GOAT. Even if you're having to play you longer. Define it though, but you gotta define it though. Because, I mean, technically, Jordan technically played 13, and LeBron's on 17 going on LeBron's on 17, right. Now, I get it, too. Like, LeBron also missed college. He didn't go to college, so he came in the league fresh, young at 18. So I get all that, whatever like that. But if the media – I'm talking about the media. If the media says that LeBron has the better career, MJ has the better peak, I feel like when you say – me, myself, personally, Mm -hmm. how I'm wired, if I feel like you say, if I had a better career, that means that I'm better – then whoever had the greatest peak, you only had like a short window of this success while I was able to sustain success for a longer period of time. So why wouldn't I be considered the best of all time? Right. I'm just thinking about LeBron's career and Mike's career. They both were losing the first seven years of their career. So that's a war. Nah, LeBron ain't lose first seven. You wouldn't call it losing, getting to the finals, even if you got swept. I'm just talking about like as far as like winning rings. Neither one of them won rings the first time. But, but see, that's the problem. Once you generalize it like that, now you're you're putting Mike on an even playing field with Brian when he wasn't even. Brian's first seven years are better than Mike's first seven years. Period. Brian's losing is better than Mike's losing. And I know people don't like to classify losing because they think it's like trivial to do so. Losing is losing. You know what I mean? Second place is just the first loser. No, it ain't. It's better than third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth. It means some shit, bro. In the grand scheme of things, if you can roll around this world and beat everybody ass but one person, you might not be able to talk to that shit with that one person, but the rest of the people, you can talk shit. <laughs> All I'm trying to say is LeBron James's career outside of those six good years of Mike is better than Mike's. It's better. Not only that, yeah, Mike got him in. It's school. okay, Sean. It's nah, all right. Nah. It's all right, bro. It's cool. It's all right, bro. You're going to be all right, man. You're going to be all right. Mike got him in scoring. That's cool. But Mike ain't got him in rebounds. Mike ain't got him in assists. And when I say scoring, I mean scoring averages. He ain't got him in career points. You know what I'm saying? When you looked at all these playoff records, man, that's the one thing social media is doing that's going to really trick some kids' minds up. We're old. We saw Mike. These little kids ain't see Mike. All they seeing is their phone saying, Bron just broke this record. Bron just played in the most playoff games ever. Bron just ended the top six in blocks in the playoffs. Bron just ended in the top two in the finals. The only people to do this were Kareem, Bill, Russell, Jordan, and Bron. Like, Bron is in all of these lists, man. Like, at the end of the day, it's kind of like what Side is saying. It ain't about this peak. If I'm better than you, I'm better than you. If I'm better than you at 17 things and you better than me at six, guess what, baby? I'm better than you. And then, and then, like, you, you were speaking about these kids. I'll say, you know who these kids, D-Man is right now? D-Man is Steph Curry. So when we get older, so when the kids start getting older, we're obviously, we're obviously going to be older. Mm-hmm. But these kids get to a certain age, they're going to be looking at, like, well, Steph Curry is my GOAT because of whatever. And we, like, older. We feeling like, yo, like, 
But you gotta respect it because you no, know, like that's the respect like LeBron LeBron to the I feel like Bron took it back and he's gonna leave it open for Donovan Mitchell or John Morant <coughs> or Zion Williamson because Steph or Trey Young or Trey Young because Steph had that window and then that window closed on him. Because the worst thing that happened to Steph was KD coming there. Mm-hmm. That set him back a bit because now you oh. got a hired gun to take some of the weight off. And and then in those finals, he took over. Like, he took Yoke's spot. Right. Quick question, Sean. Because mm-hmm. I remember she sent me this text. Okay. I want to know because this shit had me pissed. This shit had me pissed. Mm-hmm. You said LeBron is top eight. Who is the eight? Who is the seven <laughs> people better than LeBron no, James? I didn't, I didn't say Brown was eight. Like, you said he's, he's top eight. I didn't, top give, eight. A, I didn't no. give a specific. Oh, who is place. better? Who? Who? Tell me, my brother. I didn't say Brown was no, number eight on the tell list. Me, That's but tell saying. me, okay, but tell there. me in that seven. Where, okay, where's, where's LeBron laying in that seven? <coughs> Probably three. Shit, behind who? Behind who? Jordan and I know Jordan already. I already know Jordan Jordan's on the list. Who? Bean. Nah. <clears throat> nah. I love Kobe, but nah. <laughs> no. 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 I said you can't be second. You and can't be second. what you going to say about... Kareem, you can't be second if you're a carbon copy nah. of the person that you was trying to be. Nah. I don't even have a problem with that. I mean, my thing with Kobe is this, man. At the end of the day, Kobe proved everything that happened with him and Shaq were um, it was valid, like what we were supposed to think of him as a player. Like, mm-hmm. but those things that happened with Shaq, there was points and times in the finals where Shaq was averaging thirty six and eighteen. Like, it's different, man. Like. Playing with Shaquille O'Neal is different. If any of the stars, that goes for Mike, that goes for Allen Iverson, that goes for Braun, if any of them were playing with a prime Shaq, that would have just looked different. And so while I don't fault Kobe for that, it does something to me when I look at Braun's career because the one thing that I like to credit LeBron for the most is bringing teams up out of the ruins, out of the dirt, with no coaching. You know what I'm saying? None. Cleveland had no history. No history. Who was Tyron Lue before this? Who is Mike Brown? Who is Eric Spolstra before Brian? Who are any of these niggas? They just there. Hell Vogel. Yeah, Frank Vogel was trash. They helping Brian. Brian, like, coach coach them why I can't talk to him. Because I'm (laughs) the one that's on the floor with me right now. I just said he in the top eight. I didn't say where he No, was. but I was like, bro, when I heard that, I lost my mind. I was like, yo, bro, I know, I know they ain't seven niggas better than LeBron James. Hell no. Nah. Listen, you know, I man. said he was in the top eight. I didn't give a specific order, and that's why you got pissed because you didn't have a full context. Of yeah, it. yeah, yeah. But now I'm here. You say, but you say he three, which he I'm like, he either two or three. He should be at least two. And you can argue he might be one. You can argue he could be one. But you asking me about my top Man, eight. listen, I heard that. I was like, bro, don't F, don't, nah, don't, look, 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 nah, nah. You want to ask me about my Take top a break. Eight? Take you a break. You want to ask me about my top Take eight? A break. You already know You're who done. number one yeah, is. And I heard that. I was like, man, you done for the day. You already know who number one is. My, I know who my top one is, but what I heard, oh, my God. But I gave LeBron all the respect in the world. So, so is that a favorite thing or is that an objective, like, I'm looking at what he's going to do thing? I look at it like this. Brian has played at a longer clip. He started younger. Jordan came in at 21. He took two years off, then retired. He took two years off after that, and he shouldn't have retired after that. And they broke that team up. Who's to say his numbers wouldn't be greater if they had stuck together? Just his now, numbers. Maybe now, not me, them winning rings, but just his numbers. Here's my rebuttal. Here's huh? my rebuttal. 
none of that stuff that happened was anybody's fault except for Michael Jordan. He did that shit. No, the retirement the first time, yeah. But then breaking up the, the bulls. retirement the last time, yeah. You can't tell me you're the greatest of all time, but you're only going to be the greatest of Phil Jackson coaching. You can't tell me that shit, man. Because Bron don't get that. Michael Jordan gets every excuse in the book for why he took two years off. You know what I mean? First, I was cool with it if it was your daddy and you were stressed out. I'm not cool if you think it's gambling debts. Then we look at the last dance, and he made it seem like it was the media. Do you know who the most scrutinized player is in the NBA of all time? LeBron James. Okay. Period. If you can't handle that kind of pressure, bro, then it ain't nothing I can tell you. That's his fault he ain't play that long. That ain't Soft. LeBron's fault. That's his fault. Oh, so fault. now Mike Soft. Soft. Mike needed a break. <laughs> Mike needed a break. And call him what you so want. Now Mike Soft. Soft. You heard this nigga? Hey. Got me he, out of my character. Hey, if you, call him, if you call him Soft, you call him tired, something happened. He needed a whole two years, cuz. That's on Mike. Look, that first one, yeah. Well, like I said, had he not, just number-wise, his numbers would have been different. And it's a favoritism thing for me. And, and I feel yeah, like this one. Then I'm cool. Like, if you say, look, man, I'm going to always love Mike as my favorite player. Cool. But if you're saying that LeBron James can never be greater than Mike in your mind, I don't understand what greater is. Mm. Well, okay. I'll say it's more of a favoritism thing. Okay. I'll say that. I can, I can live with that. I can live with a my favorite. Right. Because like you I said, I've saying? been a fan of Bron since he got in the league. So there was no hate in my heart for doing it. Nah, man, you ain't no Bron fan. Every time I'm rooting for Brian constantly, always. No but matter then, where he is. You always talk about moving the measurement, moving the moving the goalposts. I feel like you kind of move the goalposts on him too. How so? Because you talk about there's nothing he can do. So you just keep moving the goalposts away from this yeah. man from t- that's, that's a favoritism thing there. I'll call it what it is. But it's be fair. It's favoritism. Be fair though. Be fair. I feel like you should I feel like you should be if fair. Bron, and I feel like if Brian three peats, what's up? And it is what it is. He three. He's still trash. He's still not. He well, not trash to you, but he's he still repeats in the in the age of Giannis, Kevin Durant, and all these big players. If he gets three straight, and from now twenty twenty and COVID to post COVID, hopefully this man is the world champion of the NBA with six rings. You're telling me he ain't past Mike? In my mind, no, because that's my favorite player. And took- he's the career leader in points by that time. Your career player, a hater. By the way, Mike is a hater. He a hater. I, Mike he a is hater. a hater. I he a hater. Because when I saw that thing that she said, I'm like, why is he, he doing is a this? Hater. Like, for what? I tried to defend it before, but now I'm like, and Kobe, and Kobe supposed to be your little brother. Kobe supposed to be your little brother. They did this for Kobe, and you go do that? You a hater? I can't. I can't defend that. That's the worst thing about it, man. It's like I love that's the Mike. that's the one part I hate. Like yo, Mike like yo, you're why? cemented, my guy. Like why? Because he's sensitive. That's, that's, that's true. He's not soft. That's soft. Petty? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Petty. sorry. I'm saying. I'm saying. I'm, I don't give a damn. I'm saying. <laughs> I mean, that shit, that shit was crazy when that, that man cried out of nowhere. I'm only doing this because I played that way and that's the way I played. If you don't want to play that way, then don't play that way. Free. Damn, Mike. What happened? Who did that? I will leave my guy alone, right. man. Get your big ass jeans, big ass jeans, crying ass out of here. I bang with Mike though, like on on some real stuff, man. I really do have mad love for Mike, but I gotta be objective when it comes to the sports shit. Like I got mm-hmm. to, you know what I'm saying? At the end of the day, I was the same way with Kobe. You know what I'm saying? 
Like Kobe Bryant as a basketball player was box office. I probably watched just as many games as a real Lakers fan because anytime it was televised, I was watching rooting against this guy, but appreciated his game because his game was so sweet. You know what I'm saying? Like it was just so dope to see him do what he did on the court. My problem was just his attitude and the way he carried himself with other players. And he didn't explain it, which maybe that's a me problem. Because as he began to get older and lighten up and explain things, everything started to make more sense. You know what I'm saying? But Mike didn't explain it either, though. <clears throat> but Mike was more of a of a lovable, a lovable figure because Mike did stuff that related, like resonated with the hood in you. You know what I'm saying? Like he's laughing and joking, and he might play cards, play golf with people, Kobe smoking. With nobody smoking playing baseball telling you he gonna bust your ass in this game. So you're saying like, Kobe, because Kobe was more isolated. It's like, nah, stay, I'm staying dwarfish. If Kobe was Allen Iverson, mm-hmm. like demeanor-wise, we would be looking at Kobe over Braun in some ways. At least for the past, at least for the past 10 years, you know what I mean? We would have been like, ain't no way, man. Braun ain't catching Kobe. Because the way Iverson carried himself, he resonated with the people. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? He resonated with black people. It's that love that you would have had to have been a Lakers fan or just admire the way Kobe played in order to get into Kobe to the point where you just loved him unconditionally. You know what I'm saying? See, for me, the only reason I fucked with Kobe <clears throat> is because he was the closest thing to Mike that I was going to get after Mike left. So as much as I hated him, he played just like my favorite player. So I respected him for that because not too many people can pull that off. But what about, all right, so I ask you this, right? Mm -hmm. What about that determines, like, why is that the benchmark for what what we think is, like, the epitome of greatness, right? What do you mean? Like, okay, his style of play. Like, Mm -hmm. Jerry Rice is the greatest wide receiver of all time, right? But Mm -hmm. we don't look at wide receivers that play like Jerry Rice as our favorite wide receivers, right? We look at more of the Randy Mosses, the T.O.s, the Beckhams, the Julio Joneses, right? Mm-hmm. Why is Jordan's style of play like the only style of play that we say, oh, and now that's what greatness looks like. Like you got to have a killer instinct. You got to shoot it even if it's five people on you. You got to talk shit. You got to be mean. You got to not dap people up. Like why is that the benchmark? Because that's partly due to the media influence. Okay. I just think that's just because Jordan was a badass. And I think we all grew up in an era in the 90s and stayed in that age where it's like you had kind of like those badass characters. Like it was like almost like a movie star type of thing. Like but a, everybody like was Stallone, there. like a Stallone, Schwarzenegger, like Rocky, stuff like that. Like you had, like he was a badass. Mm-hmm. Well, all of them were Gary Payton, Charles Barkley. But wait, they hate, sorry to cut you off, but they hate the yeah. Pistons. They were the epitome of badass. That's because they were they were bushy. They were dirty. It was Detroit. Yeah, they were dirty. That's all. It's <laughs> hey, hey, don't don't shit on Detroit. I like Detroit. I mean, it's cool. It's whatever. But that's the reason why, though. Mm-hmm. They were dirty. You know what I mean? Nobody remembers the dude that's trying to cheat to win. Jordan is like shit. A, they remember Brady every day. Jordan is like a Jordan is like Brady a dude like Russ cheat. said. That was like Russ NFL. said. Jordan is a dude that had everybody want to be like Mike. He was in the media. He was like the first, really, in a, in, a, in a sense, like superstar that was in the media. He seemed bigger than life. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So everybody wanted to be Michael Jordan. You know, so I think that's why you look at everybody's like that benchmark for success was Jordan because Jordan just seemed larger than life. 
Mm-hmm. You know what I think it is too, man? I think that was a detriment to the league and how the league operated, right? Because there was definitely a significant fall off after Mike left, right? There was some form of heartbreak and some form of the way that they marketed their stars where you couldn't even really enjoy players. And so it, even though you had somebody like a Shaq, even though you had Iverson and Kobe in the league and T-Mac in the league, there was some kind of like fall off. Yeah, they were still looking for the next Jordan yeah, at the time. Until yeah. Bron and them came in. And I say in them because I'm not even, you know what I mean, that would be Wade, Melo, Bosch, so forth and so on. That's when they started trying to market just more than one star. That's when they started letting it happen. Even though they were marketing LeBron, a lot of people got a lot of love. And the NBA is still that way to this day. That's why we uh, Different ownership, too. <clears throat> what you mean? Different ownership at the time. David Stern was the own. Oh, you're talking about the commissioner? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but but you know what? I don't even think David Stern was the biggest problem because David Stern was still the commissioner when Brian and them came in. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. it was I, – I just think the NBA and the media, the way they were marketing certain players, they just made it look like there was one thing you had to be. Like, I don't feel like we truly appreciated Tracy McGrady, Chris Webber, Vince Carter the way we were supposed to. Like, Vince Carter just retired, man. That dude's probably one of the most athletic people to ever play in the league. They build him the next Jordan, too. But that's the problem. You know what yeah, I'm saying? That was a problem. Instead it's of just letting him be them. Letting him be yeah. him. Mm-hmm. It's a sidebar. And so, like, it takes a really objective mind to have a favorite, right? Like, I have a favorite. It's LeBron. But Russell Westbrook's my man. Like, I love watching Russell Westbrook. And whatever criticism that comes with it, comes with it. You know what I'm saying? But if it's KD playing against uh, – Devin Booker tonight, I'm watching it like anybody else is watching it that's a fan because I love the sport and I love seeing that skill set. So we just got to appreciate greatness for what it is, man. And right now it's LeBron's time, bro, because they tried to slander that man the past couple years. Listen, I'm going to be sad when Brian leaves. Yeah. Because I'm going to have to readjust. I'm going to have to pick a new favorite, new current favorite. And right now, Brian is my current favorite. I think it'll be easy, man. There's so many players out there. Yeah, there's so much young talent. No, not to say it won't be easy. It's just, you know, because I'm used to seeing LeBron for a good majority of my life. Shit, you might as well come to L.A. because Ben Simmons is coming, man. Just look at Clutch Sports, bro. Now, now I haven't explained why I hate the Lakers. So I'm going to explain it on here. My dad was a diehard Lakers fan. Man, he rest his soul. And he tried to push me to be a Lakers fan, even though I was already a Bulls fan. So you didn't listen to wisdom. Now I'm fucking with you. Go ahead. <laughs> so that played you. into it. That played into my hatred for the Lakers. And then when we won in 91, that was my first time really, like, in basketball. And it made it sweeter for me that we beat the Lakers. My dad was hot about it, but I was cheering. And that's where my Laker hatred came from. And then Kobe beat Philly. And then... You know, it just built from there. So, but that's where you messed up then, man. You should have stayed with Chicago. Exactly. Six chips. You would have been good. All of us dipped, man. All of the the Bulls fans left, man. And what Jordan taught me was, Mm -hmm. oh, I can't just stick with one team, man. It's not an organizational thing like football. This shit ain't cyclical. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's too many... There's so many people on a football team that you can get the right combination of players to make something happen that's successful. But basketball on the court it's different. is different, man. It's 20% of the 20% of the starter right there is a superstar. And how much he weighs is a totally different mathematical equation. Because while Brian might be 20% on the court, he may be doing 50% of the work. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, you know, I respect everybody that loves a franchise and 
you know, plenty of Lakers fans will be like, well, you ain't a Lakers fan, you're a Bron fan. What I say to that is, if I'm a Bron fan, then I am a Lakers fan. Because I'm pulling for Bron and what Bron is pulling for. He ain't put on that Lakers uniform to lose. You know what I'm saying? He don't right. give a fuck. He's trying to hoop. You know what they I'm saying? They say LeBron's so like, going out there for movies, <laughs> everything but basketball. Right. So he so was now washed. They gotta eat, now they got to eat crow. That, that that's the thing. They ain't trying to eat it, though. I've been watching. I've been, I've been looking. <laughs> ain't nobody trying to eat it. The funniest thing I see on Facebook and all the social media is when a Lakers fan will come out and be like, this is the all my real Lakers fans that were there when so-and-so and so-and-so was there. Whether they're talking about anybody, Sasha Vujicic, whether it's Smush Parker, Smush Parker, anybody like that. Well, we all know who these fools were because we were watching. We were just on the opposite side. But the whole point of the matter is LeBron James came to that team because Magic Johnson blessed him, because Kobe Bryant blessed him to come on that team. There was no animosity there. They put up a mural. They started spray painting over the mural. You know what I mean? They did everything they could to try to tarnish what LeBron James was because they built up in their mind a hatred for LeBron. But guess what? You can't celebrate your most precious ring without saying LeBron James brought it. The honor of Kobe Bryant was done by one LeBron Raymond James. Listen, you ain't got to make that argument to me. It ain't an argument. I'm just making a statement because it's an open platform. You know what I'm saying? Like that's just what I, that's just what it is. So when Lakers fans feel that way, and don't bring LeBron fans into the fold, it don't hurt LeBron fans because we've already resonated in our mind and our hearts that we ride with LeBron wherever he's at. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Whether that's Cleveland, whether that's Miami, whether that's LA, we there. And when we're there, we wrap it. You know what I'm saying? Hard. He's gone. Yes, I, I've been. He's been a Heatle. He's been a Cleveland. I've been, <laughs> yeah, I've been there, bro. I've been there. Yeah. The heat days were great. The heat days were so fun. <laughs> Ooh, really if you was. wasn't in Miami at that time, you Ooh. missed out, bro, man. Yeah, Such a great time. So great. But I say all that to say, man, you know, the whole thing with the Lakers, they are the most historic franchise in, in basketball history, in my opinion. They're the ones that have the stars that we're going to always remember. Like, I know the Celtics have 17 rings, too. But the illustrious superstars that we, we're we going to revere outside of Michael Jordan predominantly come from L.A. You know, mm. your Magic, your Shaq, your Kareem, your Kobe, everybody. You know Will. what I mean? Will. You know what I'm saying? So, Jerry West, just the logo. Like, it's, it's so much. So, to see that happen and to see him be a part of that, I just thought that was a smart strategic move. You know, I used to like the Lakers back in the day with Nick Van Exel, Cedric Sabalas, Elvin Campbell, Eddie, Eddie Jones, Jones, Shaq. You know what I mean? Like, I was a real Lakers fan. I was out there playing on the regular PlayStation, the, 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 the original PS. The NBA, NBA Live? Shootout and <laughs> NBA Live. I had both of them. Nick Van Exel might give you 70 with the left. Because <laughs> that's who I'm shooting with every time I come down the court. You know what I'm saying? So, when it comes to that, man, I feel like L.A. really uh, – it's cool seeing them back on the map, and it's cool seeing them back on the map with LeBron. Right. It is great to see LeBron winning. Like I said, I've been on my Facebook. I've been going ham on my Facebook. Because <laughs> I said – I'm like, dude, I just don't understand people that don't like greatness. Mm-hmm. You know what it's I mean? Real. Like, I – I just don't get it, man. It's like, you see, it, you don't even got to look at it as like a basketball thing. You can just look at it as you see this black man, this brother come from nothing to something and then win and be the best at his profession for over 17 years. Like, there's nobody that, who does that? 
Right. Who does that? Who does that? And in such a high level. And I'm like, if you ain't never won nothing, you can't say nothing about this man, LeBron James. If you ain't never put up no championship, you ain't never put your team. He put his friends on. Mm-hmm. He got, he put his friends on. He put his kids on. He put everybody that's his teammate gets paid. Like who, you know what I mean? Like and who does right that? Way. And did it the right way. In the right way. Because there's you so many never people hear. who try to do that and they just giving their friends car washes or strip clubs or nightclubs and Chicken shit like joints. that. You know what I'm saying? And this man sat up there and put all his friends in executive positions. You know what I'm saying? Oh, J.R. Smith back from nothing. <laughs> Two rings. The White Howard won a championship in Orlando for a franchise he started with to go back to LA where he wanted which he which he loved going to LA to win another championship. He's already solidified himself as a Hall of Famer in Dwight Howard. Now he has a championship to put on top of that. Patrick Ewan don't got a championship. Carl Malone don't got a championship. There's all these great bigs that ain't got speak, a championship. Don't speak on Carl Malone. Oh. <laughs> 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 uh, Chuck, you know what I mean, Sir Charles, you know what I mean. There's a there's a whole bunch of dudes that ain't got that ring. And look at look at what Dwight did. So speaking of rings, let's let's start talking about next season because this season's in the can. What it's gonna look like, man? It's a new coach in Philly. New LA just came off co- their ring. In Brooklyn. New coach in Brooklyn. Katie and Kyrie about to link up. The Warriors coming back. How we doing? What we looking like? I mean, as it currently stands, I would put the Lakers as the favorite, but we know the NBA isn't going to be as currently stands. You know what I'm saying? We don't know what free agent moves are going to be made and what trades are going to be made because the way the NBA rolls is it's time to knock off the king of the mountain. So now what can we do to combat the best players in the league, right? So you look at the Brooklyn Nets as having a foundation uh, to be a contender, but they're going to have to figure out a way to get through the East, right? And... So they're going to have to figure out what other stars and role players they can fit into that situation. And they already got Levert and Dinwiddie, as we mentioned. So it's a solid team, but they wouldn't have the height to deal with Anthony Davis, right? So they're going to need something else. Even if you had DeAndre Jordan, he can't, he can't do nothing with Anthony Davis. He, he would be pulled out of the lane. Um, the Warriors, it's the same situation, right? They, they're in an interesting position because they got a draft pick. And what they do with that draft pick, whether they draft the perfect person to compliment uh, Steph and Clay, or, or they trade it to get another piece, they could definitely be in contention. I don't know what the hell the Rockets are going to do. I don't. I don't really see them being a problem. Um, I don't know what the Blazers are going to do. And um, if one more star decides to try to come to LA to get a ring, say somebody like a Melo or something, then um, you know maybe it could be good to go. Mm-hmm. I'm excited. I know my division is going to be tough because you got the Celtics coming back. You got KD, Kyrie. You got us. Mm-hmm. You got the Raptors. They're going to always be strong because they got Uh-oh. young pieces over there. You don't think so? I'm messing with you. No, not, not next year. It depends. It depends on what y'all do. And then you got Miami down there with Jimmy. They, they, got, a, they got a lot of con- – they might not be championship worthy, but they got a lot of confidence going forward. No? When that – listen – Giannis is Giannis, right? And you could think what you want to think of him, but he's going to be something, some kind of force in the East, right? Regular season-wise. KD ain't nothing to play with. This is KD playing ball in the East. Man, this shit is going to look horrible. Like, Kyrie might not play all the games. I don't know what Kyrie's going to do. But just Kevin Durant playing in the East, I would have him being the favorites coming out the East. Miami can't do nothing with Kevin Durant. 
A lot of teams can't do nothing with KD. Y'all, y'all, I mean, yeah, y'all can't do nothing with Kevin Durant. That's no diss. Now, if y'all trade Ben to LA and then y'all get some good pieces and then possibly scoop somebody up, might be. Why y'all want Ben so bad when you got Brian? <clears throat> well, I'm just telling you what's gonna happen. That's clutch sports, man. Like you gotta read the right, you gotta read the tea leaves. <laughs> it's clutch. So y'all Lakers fans kill me, man. Y'all want everybody. I respect no, it though. It's not even it's not even the Lakers in me. I'm just telling you, it's clutch sports. What you think he gonna do? Stay. I don't know what that man's gonna do. All right, all right. So yeah, I've been, I've been on record saying I'd rather keep Joel than Ben personally. That's why he's going to L.A. What if he ain't with the Clippers though? Who the fuck is going to the Clippers? Hey man, he just blew up the whole team. We ain't think Kawhi was going to the Clippers. Look what happened. <sighs> I didn't care where Kawhi went because he ain't that good. Go ahead, my bad. <laughs> oh shit! All right, sir. So what you think about what these things gonna happen next year? Uh, well, I know me myself personally. I hope to see the Grizzlies progress. I hope to see John Morant, you know, take a step in his second year. Hopefully, Jaron Jackson can stay healthy. Um, I think the story that's gonna go on with the Nets is gonna be pretty interesting. I think with those two, uh, with Kyrie and KD. It's gonna be you know in this in the in the headlines a lot this uh, upcoming season. Uh, like I said, the East is gonna be very. I think the East might be a little bit more difficult than when people realize. Mm-hmm. You know, the East is a little bit more deeper than I think people really uh, 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 realize. So I think um, uh, I, I probably man I say on on paper I most definitely go uh, Brooklyn might come might come out the East. Uh, my probably second I might say Miami Boston. Um, Miami, Boston, Milwaukee, something like that. I'm sorry, bro. Philly, like, down. No, no, I get it. For me. And another thing, too, I want to see one of my favorite players, I did it East, get up out of there. And I'm talking about Bradley Bill. And I think Bradley Bill should come to L.A. And that's the Come to the Lakers. I think, bro, like, I think the writing on, man, I like that move. You got to look at it. It always happens with champions. You got to look at it that way. So I was right, man. Bradley Bill could easily be the one that's like, okay, we about to move KCP. We're going to get rid of Danny Green. We're going to drop Danny Green. We're going to get rid of this piece. And then baller. Play. He's a baller. No, I like Bradley Bill. I'd rather have him in Philly, though. That's why I'm making these faces. You better fucking trade Ben. Philly. You better get rid of Ben. You got to get rid of a lot. You got to get rid of Ben I, to get Bradley Bill. I get rid of Ben to get Bradley Bill. I'm going to keep it away. You're going to have to do a little bit more than that. Oh, I know. Sean, do you know what's going to happen to Bradley Bill? Too. You know what's going to happen to Bradley Bill when he comes to come he gonna get injured? He'll get hurt. <laughs> All right, man. I'm getting the hell of this podcast, so. <laughs> Damn. That's fine. And I say Lakers run it back. LeBron run it back. Yeah, he running it back. All right. Let's run it back. Getting Go the, James. Getting the hell of Go here, James. <laughs> I can't never have nothing around these two, man. Damn. <laughs> Neither can your Falcons. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> So last time you gonna be on here, goddamn. <laughs> no, boy. All right, man. I'm, I've been shot at by both of my boys here. It's all good though. Right. All love. This has been views from the two. It's right. your boy Sean Pesos. And it's your boy Sidey Stacks. And your boy Russ Digi. You we can put that. See, they didn't mess me up, man. They didn't mess me all up. Just like your Falcon season, just all fucked up. Come on, man. Come on. <laughs> All right, whatever. You can you can listen to us on all streaming platforms and find us on Instagram at VFT2 underscore podcast. We appreciate the support, and we will be back next week. Hopefully, I'm not getting double teamed over here. Pause. <laughs> and I'll have a better episode next week. Y'all be safe out here. Wear your mask. Y'all be easy. Deuces. Later.